0: what's up everyone it's your favorite duo denise and will or will and denise depending on your favorite part of the song and welcome to after the week a little earlier than usual as a matter of fact i'm literally just waking up but denise denise is all well traveled over here miss getting things accomplished over at triple mania how you doing denise
1: so Will, it's funny but first I have a lot of thoughts right now first I love that we should do a poll what's your favorite (laughs) lyric Will and Denise or Denise and Will (laughs) that's gonna be the next poll but okay so I'm gonna post a picture later on in just a bit after we're done with this podcast or at some point because if you only knew what i was seeing directly behind the screen so i literally have this massive view of mexico city and well i didn't do my my video camera on that side because then i'd be all dark and nobody would see me because of the lights. so i was like all right whatever so i'm gonna have to do it the opposite way but i have like this massive view right now so this is really freaking cool i've been having literally the time of my life uh so today i was like I, i woke up this morning i was like well you got to run the show because I'm running on such little sleep. I'm not really all there. I published this video titled TBD title because I had forgotten to put an actual title for a YouTube video, me of all people. Um, so either way, I'm very happy. You know, yesterday was really cool getting to be at the and getting to do like a bunch of interviews, most of which were for them. I only got to upload two interviews for my channel, uh, mainly because I was so busy doing interviews for them. So I was like, all right, fine, whatever. It was still a really great experience it was so much fun I got to chat with like literally everybody that was anybody on the card and yeah it was just a lot of fun and you get to see stuff when you're like backstage and you get all this access and it's pretty cool I ran into all the GCW guys too they were all there so that was pretty fun to see them there too
0: damn yeah it looked like a good time and it looked like you were really getting work done which is good I was.
1: Well, they had me hustling. They were like, okay, do this promo and do it in Spanish. And I was like, okay, okay. And then they were like, now do it in English. Okay, now do this one in Spanish. Now do this one in English. We had to do like a bunch of different ones where it was like, this one's for Fight TV. This one's for Space. This one's for Clado. So all of their different, you know, networks and stuff. So I was like, oh my God. And we'll... Going back and forth between languages, it's a lot harder than you think, especially in a professional setting when you're being scripted. So I, was oh, like, see, I thought
0: that was just like a switch on your back that you just well, hit, and then all of a sudden you're just in another language.
1: I wish. I mean, I it's like Buzz Lightyear or something. But when <laughs> you're having a conversation. Okay, great. You can go back and forth between English and Spanish. But when you're being scripted, it's like, oh, shit, this is Spanish. Oh, shit, this is English. Because you use words that you normally wouldn't use, at least for mm. me in my situation.
0: Yeah, oh, it's crazy. Dude, it looked like a um I'm not gonna say so much yeah I'll say it looked fun but more so like it looked like you were getting stuff done I'm really proud of you good job (laughs) thank Um, you but this is after the week and being after the week sure we catch up on our lives a whole little bit here but we also talk about our top three things of the week but as we switched up the formula it's gonna be our top our top two or what is it three through two our favorite our favorite two. two Yeah, favorite two, three and two, then our worst, and then our best. And uh, I think I have a little bit of an interesting list this week. I don't know. Oh, no.
1: I just realized I picked my best three, but I haven't picked the worst yet.
0: You know, you didn't have to tell me that. You had two other (laughs) moments. But now I'm (laughs) panicking.
1: Quick chat. What was the worst thing you saw in wrestling today? Uh, (laughs) What it's fine I'm thinking De- back right now how do De- I Denise
0: feel? has been traveling it's all good uh so again that's how this show here works and of course you could support what we do here normally it's not this early but of course with Denise being all travel-y and all of that stuff I had to just roll out of bed and do this show then if you, remember last week we were talking about like will gets up on Sunday morning and gets to make breakfast and gets to you know have a a good sit down with the family. Not happening. Granted, my daughter's at a sleepover, so at least that's worked out. But I didn't get to bake my breakfast. What is a Sunday without eggs and bacon and toast and pancakes and all of that jazz? Didn't get to have any of that. But that's okay. If you want to support what we do here at After The Week, uh, youtube.com slash Denise Donate a super chat and uh, leave us. Your super chats throughout the show. We'll make sure to be reading those. We're also gonna be keeping an active eye on the chat in itself. We've got a super chat here from Orion Ben666, who, by the way, this week gave me the props for the correct pronunciation of his name since Denise has always been saying Orion ben six six six. Orion Ben666 <laughs> says uh Denise got Penta's blood on her still, twas a night
1: i'm so glad to know that it's orion ben and not orion ben i had no idea you can't you can't always tell people's usernames sometimes so that's my excuse um but he, oh my god yeah it was so crazy just to get all up on there and he had like blood everywhere and ooh.
0: but yeah, that stuff doesn't cool bother
1: me at all though it doesn't bother me i oh, was no. just like sweet here i am in the middle of all this action
0: See, I, 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 I was in the middle of um, anarchy in the arena this year, which of course you were too. But uh, to have like Matt Menard's blood spilled all over us was actually kind of cool. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know why my camera's doing this this focus thing that it tends to do sometimes. But uh. So are you ready to do some counting down of the moments of the week, Denise Salcedo?
1: I'm ready. I'm as ready right. as I'm ever going to be. I even wrote everything down because I didn't want to forget what I was going to talk about today.
0: All right. Well, I started out the week last week, so I think it's only proper that Denise starts out the week this week. And so, Denise, what is your number three pick of the week?
1: All right, so it has been a pretty loaded week, but I think last week we had just so much more, uh, so many more shows and whatnot. So I decided, uh, I started doing this earlier, like in our early episodes about choosing some NXT stuff and this, I didn't have any NXT stuff for like a while. So I'm bringing it back for my number three best of the week. And that's for all of those people like myself that on Tuesdays tune in for NXT, um, I thought that this show overall was a pretty good show, especially uh, just given what we had been seeing. I thought for the most part it was a solid show. But I want to give this one my number three best of the week to Axiom and Nathan Frazier in their match three of their best of three series. So the reason why I'm giving it to them is because... Uh, as I mentioned, you know, the NXT on Tuesdays is not always easy to get through Will. It, it really isn't. Always, there's there's times where, you know, I start to question myself and why I'm watching the show. And I don't want to do that. And so I like when things are good. And that's not to say there's not other good things on the show. Because there has been a lot of, you know, good things here and there. And so this match It was so good. I forgot that it wasn't the opening match. And I even tweeted out putting that it was the opener of the match of opening of the show when it wasn't even the opening. But it was literally the best match of the night. And the reason why I liked it so much was for multiple reasons. For one, uh, for both Nathan Frazier and Axiom, they went out there and they went full speed, man. They were doing their very best that we had seen, you know, thus far. It was a little bit of a different style than we're used to seeing on NXT. So that was cool, too. And they just went Went in there they hustled the crowd was so invested in this match like it and it wasn't even one of those things where there's times there's certain segments on NXT where there's where I see the CWC crowd like get really pumped up about something. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not pumped up about this. I wonder if anybody who's watching back home is pumped up about this. You know, things that feel only for that crowd, right? And this time it wasn't that case. When they were going nuts for Nathan Frazier and Axiom, I was, like, really, really into it. And I had been hard on their first two matches because, well, I watch, you know, a lot of Lucha. I watch a lot of, like, you know, I watch a lot of that. So, and that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to replicate that the first two matches. And I remember kind of, like, um, seeing the first two matches. I wasn't that big of a fan of those two. And I thought, like, oh, they're really, like, bumping this like they're really promoting this right like this best of three series and hasn't been too great like people that saw it liked it but if you've seen other stuff you know that that really wasn't anything to really be like excited about so I kind of went into this third match thinking, man, this is either going to be like really good or this is going to be like a duplicate of something that they're trying to do, but they can't do it. And they went out there and you know what? They proved me wrong. They did a hell of a freaking job and I was really invested in this match. So um, because of that, I think it just added so much to the show period. It got me excited for two guys that I really wasn't excited about before.
0: Funny story for the first time in a really long time. I watched NXT this week. Did you and really? I did. Uh, oh, so and, did you hate it? No, did I like, like this it. Match. I, I like this match a lot, actually. No, but I'm uh, saying the and, show,
1: the show in the, general. The
0: show, oh, uh, I didn't even finish it. But I. I it was just...
1: <laughs> and that was like the best, one of the best shows they've done.
0: <laughs> so it was one of those things where my son, my son asks me every night, uh, Dad, is there wrestling tonight? Because like, my fa- son's favorite thing is to watch wrestling. And most times on Tuesdays, um, I'm usually like, no, because there's something else to watch. But there, like, wasn't anything else to watch. And so I went, yeah, actually, do you want to watch NXT? And he goes, sure. And so he hasn't previously liked NXT. Uh, he, in particular, did not like Black and Gold era NXT, which is very surprising for... I mean, it's not surprising for not a kid. Not surprising
1: it, for a child, no. Yeah,
0: for a child, he looked at it, and he would legit ask, is this practice wrestling? Um, <laughs> That was his... Actual question for Black and XT. NXT. Um, but this, so we actually sat and watched most of it. And yeah, look, I, I've been a Nathan Frazier fan pretty much since I first saw Ben Carter do his thing. And I, I'm glad he managed to make his way back over here. Um, I haven't gotten a whole lot of exposure to Axiom, but uh, seeing these guys kind of tear it up in their third match, I actually <coughs> liked this very much a lot. My beef with NXT is still what it's been for the last few months, which is the acting is so bad. But um, it's going to take time. I recognize that. And
1: that's a teachable lesson, Will. (laughs) God.
0: Uh, It's so bad. But... uh, (laughs) they'll get there in time Um, that's that's not even my
1: issue honestly that's not even my issue my issue with NXT is some of the matches because there will be good stuff like again Axiom and Nathan and Nathan Frazier and other stuff but usually what I notice is that they'll have like two good matches tops two good matches every show or at least one good match every show but you need more than that in two hours there's some stuff in between that's very rough
0: yeah I can see that my number three so uh for those who saw Grapsity yesterday i did foreshadow that this week unless something changed and nothing did for the first time me being mr in-ring guy love in-ring competition none of my three picks were matches uh so did want to give a quick shout-out, though, because this was a great match week. I just thought that the non-wrestling stuff kind of overshadowed it because I do want to give a quick shout to Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I thought they had an excellent opener um, on Dynamite this week. I actually watched it a second time, and it got better upon second view. Also, Orange Cassidy and Pack. I know those guys have had four matches, so it's hard to just uh, pick one over the other. But the thing I like about those two together is that uh, none of their matches have been the same at all. You watch their most recent match versus the second most recent one versus the, the one they had back at Daly's Place versus the one from Revolution. They're all very different from each other. Orange Cassidy changes it up each time, and it was a very feel-good moment for him to win that title and have the confetti and best friend's hug. It was a perfect moment. Loved all of that. But not my number three pick. My number three pick, my friends, actually happened in the ring, but... Post match, uh, we actually saw uh, Finn Balor in the ring. He calls out a, a, a he he's cutting a promo, hey, but the promo here wasn't exactly the the thing to write home about. It was more so him calling out AJ Styles, and really, I thought AJ Styles was the shining light here. I thought AJ Styles played the audience well. Now, been following things, it was fairly predictable, but nonetheless. A pretty darn good moment. Uh, I'm talking about the return of the Good Brothers. AJ Styles, of course, comes out and uh, tells Finn Balor that uh, it's it's time to look to family. And uh, Finn Balor is, of course, under the impression that he's talking about him, that he's finally convinced AJ Styles to come join the Judgment Day, and he, AJ Styles takes the knee, and he uh, hugs Finn Balor, and then... That look, that moment where he says, I'm not talking about you, and the Good Brothers music hits, they come down, they get a really big pop from the Barclays Center. I just thought this was a good moment. Um, I know I have harped on the fact that the Good Brothers haven't exactly done anything new, uh, that they've kind of been coasting on the uh, their Bullet Club run from nearly a decade ago. That said, people like that who cares um although when it comes up in my worst I'm sure I'm gonna sound like a hypocrite but uh this this was a cool moment it was cool to see the good brothers get this moment uh it was cool to see the OC or whatever they're gonna call them because what they were the club in 2016 they were the OC in 2019 what are you gonna do three years later I guess that's the thing now is we redo this every three years and in 2022 I guess What do you call them this time? I don't know. Uh, I think they're going to stick with OC. But they're back together. I think... I don't know what match we're going to get out of this because Dominic doesn't necessarily seem like the the fitting piece. But nonetheless, AJ Styles and Finn Balor had one of probably my all-time favorite matches uh, back in 2017. So seeing them get to tear it up in the ring again is always going to be cool. And seeing it with uh whatever plays out with the good brothers considering the good brothers also have their ties to finn Balor, is exciting stuff and i thought this was just a cool moment and this got to be my number three of the week
1: so you're gonna hate me but this isn't anywhere in my top three (laughs)
0: okay Uh, that's okay Uh... the
1: reason for that really is you know I feel like sometimes when there's returns and stuff like I feel like we all like there's a good chance that they're gonna be on one of our lists right and I thought that the actual maybe it was me because we saw it coming right in terms of like What for me? I saw it coming in terms of when Triple H took over. It was like, okay, there's a good chance that we're going to see the Good Brothers. And that specific moment, we had this whole argument on Monday, Will, you and I, about the specific moment when I finally realized that this was going to be their official uh, debut. But I think for me, like, I did like AJ Styles in this a whole lot, especially him like swerving Finn Balor or trying to swerve Finn Balor, and you know Finn's reaction and this and that. That was all great. But I think for me. Because I've seen the concept in the past in WWE and what they've done with them, obviously things are different now. So I feel like it's unfair to kind of judge. But because I have seen what they did in the past with them, that's the only reason why I'm not so like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm so excited. I I can't. Fake excitement, Will. I cannot do it. Here's the thing. Like, I will get excited about things, and you'll know because I'll be really excited oh, yeah. about it. I got two modes, man. It's either really excited or I just don't care. And so for me, this one falls more along the lines of, oh, yeah, that's cool. Thumbs up. That's about my – uh extent of the interest for this so i am excited for them because they are great guys i did love what they were doing in impact wrestling previous and uh you know everything else before that and i will give them a lot of credit too because they are very creative people Mm -hmm. too you know everything that they did with talking shop mania and uh their podcast the show i mean all of that you know that takes a lot of time and effort and creativity so because of that and because of everything that i've seen outside of wwe for them i am looking forward to see what they do um, with them but i'm a little bit just like i hope this is cool and not cheesy like with what they've been doing with the judgment day where a lot of it feels very very corny very very cheesy like they've gotten to the point where when finn Balor is on the microphone he's so corny oh my god <laughs> I love Finn I love him so much but I cannot stand to listen to his promos on Raw I'm just like he's you're too killing. legit to
0: quit what are you but doing here? to me I, like, I know
1: it's I know. killing the aura of who Finn Balor like I have built up Finn Balor in my mind and this is who this guy is and you know everything right and then when he comes out on Raw he's like
0: <laughs>
1: I'm too legit to quit <laughs>
0: that's your bad. irish accent that's my irish
1: accent <laughs> i'm too legit <laughs> like, <laughs> i can't do an irish accent but that's what he sounds like
0: all irish people are kermit the frog this is great um so i i I, I get why it's not for you um <laughs> i'm i'm just happy that carl anderson got his second pool um so let's talk about your number two I can't help but wonder what I don't want to
1: talk about my number two will that's rude
0: <laughs> ah well I mean we've discussed that enough me and Sean especially but uh so <laughs> what's your number two Denise
1: all right well my number two is strong and healthy and, and consistent just kidding all right <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing I'm running on little sleep I'm delusional no but seriously my number two um gonna go to the aw side of things and this is definitely a moment that this person was you know somebody that i talked about on our last show and that was pack because of you know the back and the back-to-back matches that he did on on rampage and battle of the ballots etc so we had obviously orange cassidy and pack for the all atlantic championship in the main event and that within itself i think given even though pack didn't have like the he didn't have so many matches that we saw we only saw a couple with him as all Atlantic champion I don't know how many but we only saw quite a few it wasn't a long reign by any means but I did really love him as champion mainly because I just love him as a competitor and I'll be real with you I know that this was Orange Cassidy's moment. I knew that this was his moment to have his shine. And everybody was, you know, so excited to see him, uh, you know, hold championship gold in AEW, especially a guy like Orange Cassidy. Because when you think of, you know, AEW and so many of the guys that weren't famous elsewhere, you know, he's somebody that you definitely think about and somebody that has gotten over so well with the AEW audience. So with that being said, I knew it was Orange Cassidy's night, but they did such a great job with, pack that I was totally cool if like let's say they would have gone any other direction like let's say they would have had Orange Cassidy loose I know they would have been like a freaking riot but I would have been okay with it honestly I would have been okay with it but with that being said I was so happy for Orange Cassidy when he finally won the uh won the belt I liked the match uh I loved how we kind of saw to me a different side of pack during this because he was mocked well, if you want to say different, cause he was essentially mocking orange Cassidy at the start of this match and mocking him with a stick oh, yeah. that orange Cassidy normally does. But it was kind of funny to see pack in that situation, but I loved the entire match. I love like how we saw a different side of orange Cassidy where he was like, okay, I just want to, you know, win this championship and do this and so i loved the entire thing and when orange cassidy won and the crowd reaction and you know the confetti and everything that they did it was such a moment that kind of felt like yes this is right this makes sense for orange cassidy and just for everything that he has done so far within aew and you're seeing it right here and it was just like it looked really freaking cool like the entire moment it was like yes yes He finally got there. So I have to say this definitely needs to be on my top three of the week.
0: Yep. And I I just touched on that a little bit. Um, Again, I thought it was a really great match. I agree with you. Uh, I thought more than anything, it was a a feel-good moment. And uh, I think... People who have been attached to Orange Cassidy have needed this moment. Like, he keeps coming up short. I think uh, the stat was that he's had eight title matches since the start of AEW and hasn't uh, come up. In, this is the first time he's come up with a victory because um, he's challenged for the TNT title multiple times. I think what the closest he came was the time limit draw with Cody. Uh, but beyond that, you know, he's been in world title matches. we can't just keep having Orange Cassidy come up short and I'm really glad that as one of AEW's top acts, he finally has gold it was a good moment, it was a way to send the crowd home really happy, especially that crowd because it was a sold out Toronto crowd to be able to do the crowd shots that they were able to do, I thought that was some masterful stuff, hearing Jane play, um, and really that's the thing that Orange Cassidy's had going for him is that I thought both this, Jane and Where Is My Mind are both great songs to have playing when you're having that kind of big moment and you're panning across the crowd and then yeah when best friends even gave him the hug and they did they got to be, give the people what they want shot but it like was a great looking shot because they zoomed out and you see this whole full coca-cola coliseum it was great stuff i was a really big fan of this yeah, honestly if it was if this was our top four this would have been my fourth so great pick denise
1: Yeah. And also, I do want to say, too, like, I remember Orange Cassidy getting so much shit because he was the chosen one for Forbidden Door. And and, like, I just remember thinking, like, no, this match is going to be great. This match is going to be great. And for so many people, it was match of the night. And I just remember thinking about how, like, I don't know, that to me felt, you know, when someone's just like shitting on you or like a huge group of people are shitting on you and shitting on you and you're like, nah, I'm going to prove them wrong. Uh And I'm happy to see where Orange (laughs) Cassidy has gotten to. And also, and you may know this more well, but isn't Orange Cassidy always getting, like, the top most viewed videos on AEW's YouTube channel? Like, Um, I recall going up there and constantly seeing Orange Cassidy videos as, like, the most watched for, like, certain periods of time. So I feel like that's something to note, too. He is as well.
0: Like, he very much is uh, for new fans and um, their consistent base alike. Like, yeah, the number one viewed video, I believe – on AEW's YouTube is like that kid dressed as Orange Cassidy that they brought in the crowd, but then I think the original pack match is like in their top three uh, most viewed videos. So yeah, it's he it's definitely up there. yeah he does well for their numbers. I think it's like him, Moxley, and Punk are like you put them in a thumbnail and you can almost guarantee people are gonna view it uh so
1: (laughs) and also like even just like little things well not little things I I wouldn't count this as little but when you go to a show and you see so many fans dressed up as one guy Mm -hmm. I feel like that's definitely something where you're like you got to pay attention to stuff like that because the fans are telling you who their who their favorites are Absolutely. So yeah, so just some love for Orange Cassidy on this podcast today. Oh, and I'm drinking or- orange juice. Maybe that's that. <laughs> why. Maybe that's why I'm like Orange Cassidy this, Orange Cassidy that, because I was drinking orange juice.
0: Well, Denise, <laughs> I'm gonna give you a couple minutes here to really think about what your worst pick is about to be. Uh, and oh, I had
1: it, and then I lost it. Oh no! No, I did have it.
0: That Orange Cassidy win, by the way, is like five thousand views away from a million. So um, nice. that's another one that has done well for them numbers wise. Uh, but talking about our number uh, two, my number two, um, which is also solid and consistent. Uh, but <laughs> Good we for you, are
1: Will, proud. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> my number two moment. Look, I got some uh, grief last week about. Ray Wyatt's uh, and me making it number three. Uh yeah, nobody
1: didn't say anything about me not even having it. You didn't even have
0: it on your list. But me making it number three.
1: You were getting all the shit for that. I was like, oh no, poor Will. But I was like, all right, it happened. Wait, wait, wait.
0: I know. And I thought First off, I've, this is top three things of a really, really busy wrestling week. Yes. By the way, somebody almost just made a cameo in the background there. Um, but number three. <laughs> My background? Uh-huh. Um, oh. But the uh, number three, out of a week that had so much stuff, I, I still liked it. Anything on our list is us saying we like it. Just keep that in mind. Um, so... I gave Bray Wyatt number 3 last week. Got some grief for that. All right, fine. I'll move him up a spot. Bray Wyatt moves to number 2 for me this week. Um and that again, liked it a lot. Bray Wyatt's appearance on SmackDown is what I'm referring to. Um I I could just kind of sense it in his mannerisms throughout the uh throughout his return at Extreme Rules that something felt a little more human about the way he was Um, acknowledging the crowd as he's looking off at it, acknowledging the pop, the way he looked at the camera when he gave his, I think he said, I'm here. Um, Just the way he did it, it felt a little more human than before. And so here, we very much saw a a much more human version of Bray. The things I loved about this, by the way, uh, look, I know they're an easy target, but that's probably justifiable because they stink. But um, Def Rebel makes awful music. And so what was really nice here was uh, hearing Bray Wyatt's Code Orange theme, which was very good. Uh, A lot of people were comparing it to like a a peak Linkin Park song. And uh, I just like the fact that it sounded like real music because that's kind of the key to me to having a successful entrance is it needs to sound like something I would listen to and sound like something the wrestler would listen to this I thought was a great entrance. It was a great, uh, the presentation of it all, the way they turned the crowd off, I think was necessary in that particular moment um, to really sell the silence of it all. And then when he got in the ring and he was more human than we've ever seen Bray Wyatt be in his entire main roster run. And that was cool, actually uh in the way he acknowledged uh a lot of you know he acknowledged his release he acknowledged uh the depression he acknowledged um Brody Lee like he acknowledged a lot of things and uh he got really emotional out there and uh the fans were way into it the fans were were feeling every single word he had to say but he's still Bray Wyatt right and so uh Even all of us were sitting there watching our clocks going, huh, this can't be right. Is my like feed behind because, uh, SmackDown's got like 30 seconds left and he don't seem like he's going to end this speech anytime soon. Um, and then that's where things got really interesting because right as it's time for SmackDown to end rather than, uh, this promo ending and him thanking the fans, which nobody thought was going to happen because this is Bray Wyatt. Instead, We took a little bit of a turn and we uh the video a video feed cuts in it's the bray wyatt mask that we saw at extreme rules and uh it's addressing bray and letting us know that there's maybe some lies and deception going on here what's going on i don't know but it's really really intriguing And so I just thought the entire presentation here, all of this was excellent stuff. Uh, This got my number two of the week. Sorry that it's not number one, but there's a reason for that. And we'll get there in a moment. But I loved everything about this. This was great stuff.
1: I'm actually trying to think about what your number one could be. And it's not popping into my head as... As easily as some weeks do. Because there's some weeks where I'm like, oh, then it's going to be this. If it wasn't that, it's going to be this. And clearly, I'm not thinking right now what it can be. All right. I'm ready to talk about my worst will.
0: Okay. Because I
1: got to tell you, I was thinking, you know, I feel like every week and the point of this, you know, why we do the worst of the week is I feel like to let out. I don't let out like vent. Or just really, mm. normally my worst of the weeks, I am re- I feel pretty passionate about. Like last week when I was going off about Bully Ray, I felt very passionate about that. This week, I don't feel like there was anything that I'm super passionate that I like just thought, oh God, this was the worst thing I saw. God, I'm so upset. And I was trying to think back like, okay, what were some things that I didn't like on some of these shows? And at first I was going to go one direction and I decided not to go that direction because even though... It, I didn't really think it was the worst because, okay, so I'm going to tell you about what I thought I was originally going to choose. I was going to choose the whole Rey Mysterio, uh, Dominic Mysterio situation. and But I didn't think it was the worst in the sense that, It was more so the worst for Rey Mysterio because just so much of it didn't make sense where like he went to Triple H and was like, I'm at my breaking point. I'm going to quit the company. Oh, well, you're in this match. And I don't want anyone to put this at my worst because I really liked that match. And now he's going to go into this match with Gunther. So technically it's the worst for Rey Mysterio because he kind of, you know, he basically kicked his own self. What's that saying where you step on your own foot? What's the, you step on your own?
0: I mean, I, I don't know where you're going with God, that, there's so. a saying. There's a saying
1: where you basically, like, fuck it up by yourself. Like, you fuck up your own self. I forget what the saying is, but that's how I saw it for Rey Mysterio, where, like, he wanted to, like, basically get, out, get away from, you know, Dominic and not have to fight his son. Well, now he's going to fight Gunther. So it's technically the worst for Rey Mysterio, but it's not the worst for me. So with that being said, I started thinking back. What was the worst for me? And this one more so is not just the segment, but now it's the entire thing that it's encompassing. But I'm gonna start off with the segment, and this is Mrs. Birthday celebration. And the reason <laughs> I'm
0: putting <this> right, <laughs> it's good. And by the it way, the saying shoot yourself in the foot is the phrase. I think you looking shoot
1: for. yourself on the foot but in thank your own you, foot. Chat. There you go. I was like, step on your dick. What is it? <laughs> so who said that? Was that CM Punk who said that? Stepping on your um, own dick? Yeah. He said that, right? and that's what was popping up and I was like no that's not it (laughs) I was trying to remember what the saying was all right so I kind of feel like Rey Mysterio shot his own foot but that was the worst for Rey Mysterio it wasn't the worst for me I'm looking forward to Rey Mysterio by the way I I just
0: have like one slight beef with the Rey Mysterio thing and that's that he moved to Smackdown to get away from Judgment Day but right now there's like no borders between the brands everybody's everywhere like on that same episode Oh showed up and then also like Sami Zayn is wrestling um but he was also wrestling on Monday so like how does this prevent Judgment Day from just showing up on SmackDown and kicking his ass there? I don't understand uh, in a time where there are no brand borders how, like, moving to SmackDown is a solution.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I was <laughs> thinking about putting that one, but then I was like, nah, because there were some things that I did like, so I'm not going to put it. So that's why I'm going with birth- Mrs. birthday celebration. I'm so tired. Of celebrating every single goddamn thing that happens in the Miz's life. His anniversary. (laughs) His TV season show 100 episode. I don't even know anymore. All the season premieres that we've had to celebrate. Maurice's birthday. His birthday. Their anniversary. God, we're celebrating everything. I mean, at this point, we should just celebrate their kid's birthday every single week on Raw. There's too many celebrations and they all end the same way. We recapped this on Raw and you said it perfectly. They give each other a gift. Then there turns out to be something that happens with the gift. And so I kind of had to put this there because first and foremost, I think at this point, I'm so fed up with every like I was hating Miss TV and I feel like these celebrations are just Miss TV but like 2.0, it's the same exact thing, really. All we're mm-hmm. getting is a celebration now. And the Dexter Loomis thing is, you know, been going on for quite some time now. And at first it was funny, I ha-ha'd, and now I'm just like, I'm over it, Will. I'm over it, I don't care. And I, And, and here's the thing, that's me saying I don't care signifies that I cared at some point I did not I tolerated it (laughs) I tolerated the myths and Dexter Loomis okay I was being a good sport I was being a good little soldier but you know what I can't anymore I gotta share my true feelings and that is that I don't care about The Miz and Dexter Loomis. And holy cow, I didn't feel like I was passionate about my, my worst of the week. <laughs> Turns out I'm really passionate about the fact that I do not care about Dexter Loomis having some sort of fetish for The Miz that he has to kidnap him every week. And now he's cut into the point where he's even ruining family celebrations just to get a piece of The Miz. So there you go. That's my worst of the week.
0: It's a good pick. Uh, mine is... And I agree with everything you said there, by the way, because, uh, like I said, it's Miz. We've done these celebration segments with the Miz. They never end well. Uh, It's just going back to that well so much for, um, like, here's egg on Miz's face. And you know that's how these segments are going to go the moment he announces them. Uh, Do something else. Do something new. Um, Speaking of doing something new, that... Uh, represents my worst of the week. Um, I actually didn't mind some of the backstage stuff. But I have to say, as a fan of the group...
1: (gasps) I know what you're picking!
0: Degeneration X, ending Raw, gets my worst of the week. But the reason it gets my worst of the week is because it was an entirely unproductive segment. Um, And...
1: I don't what think it was d- supposed to be productive, though, Will.
0: But that's the <laughs> Is point. that bad? Uh, yeah. So Degeneration X came around 1997. Right. I remember like it was yesterday. I remember the exact segment where Bret Hart called them degenerates and Hunter and Sean were on the Tron. And <laughs> he was like, are you a degenerate? I'm a degenerate. Uh, I know I'm a degenerate generation x always getting a bad rap well you know what we're Generation x you break the, you make the rules and we will break them um remember that segment like it was yesterday uh october 13th 1997. um so i love dx all right i i i especially love dx as an army i was a really big fan of of hunter's run as leader of dx People who followed me a long time have know there's even a running joke about that. So, DX reunions in themselves don't bother me. I was a big fan of the DX 2012 reunion. Um, but, I feel like this did nothing for anybody. And, uh, really made me think back. Because, thinking about all those dates I just gave out. Again, October 13th, 1997 remember that vividly when DX first launched you know what DX did not have in 1997 groups what? from 25 years ago <laughs> uh taking up their spots and not doing anything to put them over like the last time there was a DX reunion was what the 2018 one right the one that happened at the bark or it happened at the Manhattan Center on that like weird duo raw um, and DX got to interact interact with FTR and and um, and uh finn balor and the club and all of that so like they got to use their stature at that point to put others over and it was a cool thing which is also Isn't what they the did one where
1: seth rollins got left out
0: um, was
1: it Seth who got left out someone got left out during that and oh, never mind there's a really funny picture going around where yeah. someone was left <laughs> out okay continue yeah, on uh, th-
0: there was that one too so you you are right that there was um that one that wasn't the one i was referring to but um Anyway, going back to – either way, whenever there's these DX reunions and going back to um, 2012 when they, Damian Sandow came out, there's always it was always used in a way to elevate the who else is around today. Use the stature of D-Generation X to bring a spotlight to somebody else. Um, because that's really what this kind of stuff is supposed to be for if you're bringing somebody in – for a reunion anniversary along those lines it's to put a spotlight on the next generation and i felt like for the first time in a long time they didn't do that in any way shape or form they didn't really interact with anybody who needed that type of uh, endorsement push. yeah it needed that kind of endorsement anything along those lines it Really felt like a colossal waste of time. Like there were rumors going around that, hey, maybe they're gonna interact with the bloodline, maybe they're gonna interact with Judgment Day, maybe they're gonna interact with any other faction. Like, this is the strongest time for WWE and factions. WWE has not had this many factions in forever. And so this if there was ever a time for using one of the most uh one of the most important factions in the history of WWE, if there was ever a time to use them to elevate another faction right now would have been that time. They didn't do that. They didn't interact with anybody. They just came out and did the catchphrases and then said, see everybody. And I just thought it was a colossal waste of time. And, uh, and again, DX didn't have that kind of stuff happening. You didn't have factions from the seventies coming out during 1997 DX to be, or during (laughs) the attitude era at all, uh, to, I guess, Take up a moment. And even when you did, even when you had groups from the 80s, you know, in the 90s, they did the Big Four Horsemen reunion. That was still a moment that was used to... Now, granted, that moment sucked. But that was still um, a moment that was used to put somebody else over. And that's typically how wrestling's supposed to go. I just didn't like that this didn't really do anything for anybody. So uh, that's my worst of the week. Degeneration generation X just came out, played the hits, and left.
1: I can't completely disagree with you, honestly. And I think that is... I think, because here's the thing, like, I get it from their point of view, or what they were trying to accomplish, which was just them basically going out there and being like, hey, we're here, our presence is all that you need. And we're all still friends, right. But I, you know, as you were recapping all of this, I was thinking back to what did they do? What did they say? And really, they're even like that closing. end. the only thing that I can remember, I mean, obviously, besides like the main bits is Shawn Michaels basically saying if we're still here 25 years from now, put us out to pasture. <laughs> and other than that, like there really wasn't much else that was said during this. So I do agree with you. I think that uh, when you have all of these guys together, you should be well, one, you don't want to ruined and i don't think their legacy can be ruined by any means because they were just so important and just so much of what they did was so freaking cool but you don't want to associate their latter end reunion years with Mm. boredom right you don't want to associate that with them and i think you know this one here will be like oh let's say they do another reunion i don't know next year or something or they do something right are you going to be super excited about it Probably not based on the events that unfolded this time around. So I do think they have to protect the, uh, you know, the aura of DX. And if they come out, you know that you should basically have the fans trained. These fans, especially because so many of these fans that were seen, there's so many kids, there's so many teens that maybe don't know about DX or they grew up in a different time period. You just don't know. Not Just because you know something doesn't mean that everybody knows it, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that people know like when they come out you're gonna see some cool shit right things are gonna go down um because only stuff like the opening intro that they did at the show i thought was better than what they did the closing of the show because i was like okay well, it was kind of funny you see triple H a little headset on and then you know they make the cock jokes yeah. and this and that you're always gonna laugh at stuff like that okay, fine. But other than that, there really wasn't anything else. So while like, I love seeing DX come out, and that's how I was shocked when you said it. But then when I started to think about it, there was no substance to it other than here's DX and ta-da. You know, there was nothing else that was added. I just,
0: I just thought it was a missed opportunity. And that's not to say now, because I see people in the chat bringing up that, um, you know, obviously Hunter can't bump, do anything along those lines. Wouldn't expect that. Um, there are. Oh God,
1: no! Oh God, right. no! This is just yeah. like him, them doing some sort of comedy bit or something.
0: Yeah, something with anybody else. Hell, even like, um, the I, like, if I were doing this, I would have just reorganized the segments a little bit, where I would have opened with DX, right, having them do essentially what they were doing, and then have the bloodline come out and just intimidatingly run them off, um, in a way where like. We run this show now. This is what we're doing now. Acknowledge us and get out of here. Even just that little bit, I think, would have done enough to take those old school fans who were tuning into DX and were tuning in for DX to now shift their eyes to, okay, so now this is the modern day dx just a little bit of that i think would have done wonders and i think they it was just a missed opportunity and that's why it gets my worst of the week uh we got a couple of super chats here we've got dream ninja says did y'all see sasha trolling on her instagram implying a stardom run also beth has to enter the rumble to cost rhea to lead to rhea beth at mania right that pop for beth at extreme rules was lit um so i mean rhea's back in the ring now she hasn't been since june um so we obviously are leading to something with Rhea and Beth, whether it's a mixed tag match or an actual singles match. Not sure. Uh, either way is going to be great for Rhea. I did see Sasha trolling with her um, her Instagram stories. What'd
1: she put? Because I didn't
0: uh, see that. She just posted a matchup graphic with her and Kyrie, um, basically saying that she wants that match, and people are uh, <laughs> people are now like. Oh, could we see her in Stardom? No, you're not going to see her in Stardom. But um, I- I'm glad that she is is still having fun with the wrestling audience uh, because a lot she of people she hasn't have-
1: forgotten about us.
0: <laughs> I mean, like when you look at all the stuff she's up to. I, I would forget her. about us. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't blame her if she did. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I wouldn't
1: either. I'd be like, oh yeah, that was my old life now. <laughs> right. But I'm Hollywood now and I'm on all the red carpets and fashion shows. Are you kidding me? I'd do anything to swap lives with Sasha Banks for like 10 seconds if I could.
0: Yeah. So uh the fact that she's posting anything wrestling is is exciting. Uh and then Caden uh says, I was not close to being alive when DX was formed. We know Caden. Um <laughs> amazing no, you, amazing uh,
1: hey we got to develop you know I, I know sometimes you you know when you have new fans or you associate with newer fans or rather younger fans i should say you start to be like Fuck, I'm so old. How is yeah. it that you know you've you're you know? I started watching wrestling when I was like eight, nine years old. All right, someone do the math. I'm 30 now. Okay, that's a lot of years. And there, are, I think that's like a cadence age. I don't even know. Like, yeah. think about that. It's depressing. But at the same time, it's like, well, if you want to keep going strong, you gotta develop. They got to make those younger fans into wrestling fans. So when I see younger fans, I'm like, oh, good. Something still attracted you to this product.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Because uh, whenever I see newer fans in general, it's it's I always get excited about that because I'm like, I, uh, I want to see younger fans. I, I, I love seeing what attracts people to the products now because, like, I don't even know what attracted me to wrestling because I've been watching it my whole life. Um, it's not this isn't a thing where I have a moment like even Denise can pinpoint when she started watching. For me, my dad was a fan, my older brothers were fans. I was just born into it, I just thought it was a thing people watch. And it wasn't until I learned that people didn't watch wrestling that I realized, oh, this isn't the norm. Uh, but I thought it was just <laughs> a thing everybody was into. So, I don't know, you can, uh, my brothers birthday you could see he had like an ultimate warrior cake like when he was like five we were fans <laughs> growing up that was just our lives
1: so let me Think tell that- you something and this is gonna like i tweeted this out or like when it happened right and i'm gonna say it because it's been a while my sister she is 17 right now and she was stunned will and i mean freaking stunned when she heard my husband and i talking about the rock and his wrestling years and she looks at me and she's like Wait, The Rock was a wrestler? Ah, no. She's 17, Will. And think about it. I mean, she obviously isn't a wrestling fan, but people know that The Rock was a wrestler, or at least I think they think they they know that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people apparently do not know that, especially the newer generation. If you're not, think about it. If you're not, there's... You know, knowing wrestling fans or whatever You may not know You may just know The Rock from movies So she, yeah, she had no idea that he was a wrestler And it's yep. fucking I, I, I stood there and I was like <gasps> It's like <laughs> It was nuts I couldn't, I couldn't fathom it
0: Speaking of which, by the way Speaking of us as young fans I just found a picture Because uh, folks Just to stress With that being my worst pick How hard it is for me to pick something like that This is a picture of 8th grade me in a D-Generation X jersey. Oh, that's all right. so that's, cute. <laughs> that is me wearing the DX jersey, which, by the way, I got in trouble for at school because it says suck it across the front. Bro, um,
1: raise your hand if you got in trouble for wrestling shirts at school because, for reals, I got in trouble for that all the time.
0: Yeah. So, DX fan here. That's eighth grade me. Been- also-
1: F uniforms. I hate uniforms. I, I, are schools still doing uniforms? I'm sure they Depends are. Right? On
0: where. My, my schools aren't doing uniforms. I, I had uniforms it. in elementary school and then middle school. It was like, hey, no more uniforms. Was like, let
1: us have you? a personality. Said,
0: said, let me wear my NWO and DX shirts. Um, although I once went to church with a friend wearing an NWO shirt, and that was a mistake. <laughs> 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 they, they wanted to know why I was representing the New World Order at, <laughs> at church.
1: <laughs> amazing
0: so um all right we now are down to our final picks denise salcedo i already know what it is because you didn't talk uh so your number one pick what is it denise
1: well gosh spoilers will thank you very much (laughs) i don't get a drum roll nothing all right well it's in the thumbnail it's in the thumbnail it's in the title of this video and really when I thought back to this week and, you know, even with this hazy brain right now that I have, I the one thing I did not forget and that stood out to me and I went off of talking about it nonstop on Friday. I think I did like a 25-minute conversation about it. And that was Bray Wyatt's emotional promo that he did on SmackDown. So with that being said, last week, his return wasn't even in my top three. And and Will, you got the shit for it.
0: <laughs> and know. you included
1: it. But I will tell you this, and I was thinking to myself, you know, and we had this discussion, Will and I, we, we talked about this. We thought, okay, what's this new version of Bray that we're going to be seeing? You know, what is going to be different from the fiend character, this and that, right? We had all these different conversations surrounding what we might be getting from Bray Wyatt. And not once did it cross my mind and not once did you and I talk about this, that we would be getting this real honest to God version of what we got on, Sm- and it's so weird because I don't even know what to call it, Will, because I don't even want to say like, oh, this version of himself, right? Because it's him, right? Or that's what he was you know, basically telling us, like, this is just me right now. This is me, that's it, that's it. And I don't know how this is going to look moving forward, but how it looked on Friday night was a once, I feel like a once in a lifetime moment, especially for Bray's career, Because when he left, when, you know, everything ended with him in WWE, we didn't hear from him. We didn't hear from him for such a long time, right? And so him coming out there and saying all of these things and getting very emotional and looking like he was holding back tears and talking about these real life things. Well, I couldn't help but to just. I feel that everybody watching related to something that he said when he was saying that he felt his career was over, that everything he had done didn't mean anything that he felt he pretty much felt like worthless, like everything was, you know, the shits. And him talking and opening up about that, losing his confidence, losing his way. So many of us, I'm sure, I know I have lost my way so many times. And hearing somebody that is had a career like Bray Wyatt, that's you know famous like Bray Wyatt, that has money like Bray Wyatt, it's on TV like Bray Wyatt, talk about these things that you don't always think that people in those scenarios actually deal with. Hearing him talk about all of that. It was very, very, not just eye-opening, but it was just so relatable and refreshing to hear. It was refreshing to hear that, you know what? Things weren't going right in my life. And I just, it was the way he said it, how he said it all of it, all of it. I just thought, man, this is so freaking good. And I hate to say it because it's someone's life. And I don't want to be like, oh, that's good that you had trauma or bad things happened or whatever. But just the way that he opened up to everybody and just the moment itself was really great. And, you know, him talking about, you know, losing his two friends. And that was just something where you're like, fuck, you know, it. it it's one of the, and, you know, obviously Brody and you think about that and you just think about it takes you back to that time period right when you know everything happened so i just feel he did something that was completely unexpected i don't really feel people really expected for him to go out and say all the things that he said and he kept you hanging on to the point where they played when they played that little video and the show ended i was kind of upset i was like oh damn it i wanted to keep hearing what bray wyatt had to say about this time and period in his life i wanted to keep knowing what was happening there and so for me i thought that this was a win all across the board i love the music i didn't know the name of the song but people in the chat helped me out on friday and i forgot you said it was code orange orange code what is it board
0: what'd orange, you say the
1: band. oh the band okay see there you yeah. go say so i don't know the band or the or the song name but regardless i did like the uh you know, the very rock feel where he's walking out and, you know, you really just hear the music and you're just vibing with the music because you first get the initial crowd reaction where everybody popped for him. But then afterwards, it was kind of like everybody was like in a trance or like, okay, let's just watch, see what happens. And you're just really hearing the music. So I like this, man. This was a win. This was a win. And God, WWE right now coming off of this, they have something precious in their hands. So I really hope that they like, you know, really take care of it and keep giving us some good bits there. Also, but I will say this, graphics guy, whoever's running graphics in WWE, get your shit together because they really fucked up with the up next, the up next, and then finally tonight graphics. I'm like, bro, come on. Y'all got us excited. And we all, like, I was expecting Bray Wyatt to close out the show. But when you put a graphic that says up next, I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, he's going to come up next.
0: Yeah. Uh, And granted, Having worked in control rooms i know how that mistake gets made my guess is up until the middle of the show they didn't have the tonight graphic that they must have just uploaded the up next one and only had the up next one and didn't have anything else and so when they ran it they didn't realize it they looked like that and went ah shit. And, no, and they uh, did and, it
1: like two times somebody, though
0: right well and then went and had some body um uh, remake it so everybody says that oh, <laughs> Went robotic you Again, did go robotic, robotic. but ah, I wasn't
1: crap. sure if it was just me you're like what you sound like right now so they had the control room and the control room they probably didn't have the right graphic <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay I'm refreshing okay
1: so I think my whole thing with that was I'm assuming because the up next was probably like all the way down in the corner so you know whoever was at the switcher in the control room I feel like that person probably just didn't even notice the small font that said up next did you hear that Will? yeah yeah so yeah. i feel like because the font was so small of up next <laughs> right at the bottom they probably didn't even notice that because when you're in you know, obviously in the control room it's like like fast fast like you got to be working fast as hell there oh, of course
0: there's so, a whole lot of shouting a uh, lot of yes. shouting in control rooms so yes uh again i've been there uh that was one of my 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 first gigs One in emmy too by the way um, but anyway, Will. So, yeah, that's right. I was part of an Emmy Award winning crew. <laughs> Just uh, don't be
1: the Emmy guy, Will. Don't be the Emmy guy.
0: Nah, I'm not the guy
1: who's either. like, I won an Emmy every two seconds.
0: <laughs> no, a lot of people don't even know that about me. But that was a good pick. No, but you should
1: be proud of that, Will. You should be proud.
0: I should be. But I
1: don't want to diminish your accomplishments <laughs> because I'm low-key chalice.
0: <laughs> Oh, Denise's not. here's the thing. When Denise's comes, it's going to be a solo award. It's not going to be like, oh, she was part of an award-winning team. Denise is going to get hers. I'm not going to that. Oh, I but don't
1: care. I just do me.
0: It'll be there. She says that until she's got it. And then... Watch, and then
1: I'm going to be the Emmy girl every two seconds. <laughs> I want an Emmy. Where's your Emmy?
0: <laughs> so in any other week, this would have been my number one. But there was one thing I liked a whole lot better because at the end of the day – By the way, people
1: want to know what the Emmy that you won for was. Uh,
0: It was a show called um, Kickstart TV. Uh, It won a – it was a regional Emmy, so it's not an Emmy Emmy, but it's a regional Emmy. Hey, don't say that, Will. It's an (laughs) Emmy. It's a regional (laughs) Emmy. It was a um, best internet program, Um, and that was a – we produced a talk show about motorcycles and i was actually the technical director on that show um i did uh and and we all got them too we all we all offer little emmys that we have somewhere mine's in storage somewhere but yeah that was uh kickstart tv 2009 uh so definitely dating myself there i'm sure to to caden uh but (laughs) either way
1: bro 2009 i was in high school I was a junior in high school, so I was definitely not even the workforce yet. I was, well, I was, but like the retail workforce, not Emmy, a winning position workforce.
0: I, I was 21 uh, in 2009, so uh, obviously with me being 34. Uh, so as a matter of fact, I turn 35 next week, 10 days from today. Oh, shit, it's my brother's birthday today. Gotta remember Are to you those hand.
1: people that like age and you get depressed? Nah. Oh, that's me. Oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I take it hard every year. Really? Every year, I'm like, oh, my God, my life is over. <laughs> You're 30. <laughs> what is this? Well, it's different for women. I don't know what to tell I, you. Yeah,
0: I I know. Buried man here. I hear this all the time, even though I think my wife continually just looks better with age, but whatever. Um, I understand. So, in any other week, this would be number one. However, this week is still... All about professional wrestling. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, didn't you just say all of the moments uh, this week weren't wrestling moments? True. But the thing about pro wrestling to me is that uh, I feel like when it comes to promos, when it comes to in-ring segments, backstage segments, whatever, when it makes the professional wrestling more important, that is when uh, something is truly great. And in this particular case, I am talking about a promo that took place. And let me go ahead and add a little graphic here. Because I went from thinking about this match as, oh, this is a cool little stopgap match, to, holy shit, I'm actually excited for this. And that was the promo between Hangman Adam Page and John Moxley. I loved Everything about this from the moment John Moxley came out and reminded us of how important the AEW World Heavyweight Championship is. He talked about how um, when it comes to this championship, you have to it's not easy. He says you can't have anxiety. Uh, it does. The championship can't wait for that, um, that some people crumble under the pressure and self-destruct. Ooh, wonder who that was a shot at. Um, but he <laughs> talked about, uh, and he said some faster than others. Uh, and he talked about how being the champion is a dirty job. You got to be ruthless. Uh, you know, there's always a target on your back. All of those things. And even though it's a thankless job, my God, John Moxley loves this job. Again, John Moxley has done a wonderful job of putting over the world championship and making sure that you know that this is the most sought after thing in the company. Then out comes Hangman. Hangman, of course, gets in John Moxley's face, and at first he tells Moxley that he is, uh, he's thankful for the things that Moxley said about him last week. That uh, you know he talked about Mo- uh, Hangman as a performer, and Hangman said that it's that coming from Moxley that means a lot to him because he sees Moxley as an ideal father, a great husband, and a great performer, but moxley said one thing and all of that that really set off hangman he called him a nice kid and my god the way that that set hangman off and the way that he then reminded us that being champion is one of the most important things to him and how he talked about um everything he's been through and he even brought up some stuff that seemed forbidden right he talked about disappearing uh friends and he talked about how his best friends in the dark order are, are, are disappearing one by one um which is a true thing but then he talked about how his previous best friends have all disappeared oh my god finally some at least a little bit to talk about that issue there uh and how you know he he mentioned things about um his, you know, he's put people in the ground in the last couple of years, and he's brought new life into this world, just like John Moxley. And he's done all of that because like John Moxley, he is a man. Punched himself in the face a couple of times. I was worried he gave himself a black eye. Uh, but he, he punched himself in the face a couple of times. He bloodied himself, but he used that well, because when he came to that ending line where uh, he told Moxley that uh, he's got two things and that is his shot and his word. And uh, and next week, he's got his shot, and he's keeping his word, and he wiped the blood on John Moxley's white shirt and told Moxley that he was coming, and his word was that he's going to become the next world champion, that the last time he had a championship match was against CM Punk. He hesitated, and it cost him everything. He's not going to do that this time. I They went from a match that felt like Ah, uh, you know, it's going to be a nice little stopgap match before Moxley gets on to MJF2. Holy shit, I want to see this. And they did this in one promo. This is pro wrestling to me. This is what promos are supposed to be. When you can take... When you make the in-ring product feel more important, when you make us want to see what's going to happen in the ring, ultimately, you have done the best job at pro wrestling imaginable. And this did a phenomenal job. I walked away from this feeling hangman i felt for hangman because there are times when of course yeah 35 years old sometimes you give older generations of people who look at you and go oh yeah he's a good kid and i'm like the fuck are you talking about <laughs> I own my house like what do you what is this um but um you know i i felt that from hangman because that can happen to um to people sometimes but then at the same time like moxley has this demeanor of prove it, prove everything you're saying here. Because to me, I don't see that guy. Uh, And until I see that guy, you're not good enough to hold this world championship. And I just thought, what a way to make the world championship feel like the most important thing on the program. And I thought they did a phenomenal job here. They sold me a ticket, even though I'm not buying a ticket to Cincinnati. <laughs> but uh, they made me want to see this match. My only gripe with it was uh, really the fans um, really because quick MJF dismissal. was out there. It wasn't such a quick dismissal as much as MJF was out there. And the fans started chanting for MJF. Uh Really, and I think it was just because he was out there because when Hangman really got going, there were cowboy shit chants and... Uh... I feel like they did a good job of turning it around and bringing people into it. I think putting MJF out there was a little bit of a mistake or at least putting the spotlight on him. I think him being out there and him watching it was was important because I think you could kind of see in MJF's eyes that he even knows these are two of the best. But uh, again, I just like this. I loved everything about it. I loved Hangman's intensity. Again, when you're making pro wrestling the most important thing on the product, you can't lose.
1: Exactly. So honestly, for me... I loved this promo. I thought it was really freaking great with Hangman Page really going out there and just confronting John Moxley and I loved when right away he was say, saying I you know you did you really call me a kid and just how much insult that he took from being called a kid I thought was freaking great and then him just going off and saying like I'm 31 I'm a man and he starts hitting himself in the head. I legitimately thought this was probably one of his best promos of all time and I know he's had some really great ones and maybe this is recency bias but legitimately this one was really freaking great and that's the thing that I kind of felt uh immediately afterwards I didn't want to hear the MJF chants right away I just thought dude were you guys like we just got this amazing freaking promo from hangman page and I felt like the moment was really quickly shifted into back into MJF so I did kind of, I that was the one thing where I kind of felt like If you were watching from home, you knew that that was Hangman Page's moment. And it didn't read like that immediately following that promo. So I will say that that was a little bit where I kind of struggled the same way with the fans and their reactions. But I just got to say, man, Hangman Page, like you said, this went from a match of, yeah, you know, I'm appreciative of the match. I'm going to look forward to it. You know, it's going to be a good match too. You know what? I'm really looking forward to this match literally just because of that confrontation with John Moxley and hangman page. But here's the thing though. I've seen this happen a whole lot with AEW where there's been so many times where there's been certain matches where I'm thinking, okay, on paper, this is pretty okay. Right. But then the promo work that they do leading up to the matches always tends to be like spot on. So I do think that it was a pretty good one.
0: Good. Uh, the, so, cause I'm seeing the, uh, I'm seeing in the chat somebody had noted that uh, now the Bray Wyatt promo was better. But again, to me, at the end of the day, I'm still here for pro wrestling. And I have to always hand it to things that enhance pro wrestling. And uh, I loved what Bray did. It's my number two. Um, The only reason it wasn't number one is because there was something else that was passionate that was intense and it made me want to see something happen in the ring with Bray I'm still not there yet I still don't know what's going to happen wrestling wise with him uh I'm intrigued but there's still nothing wrestling wise happening here so it's good stuff when I start to see it move forward uh with even a feud or anything along those lines and I know we're going to get there so I'm not saying it's not going to get there uh, then, of course, that's the stuff that moves up for me. But at the end of the day, this is pro wrestling, and I love pro wrestling. I love seeing stuff in the ring, and I love being given a reason to care about what's happening in the ring, and that's what they gave me here. Uh, we got a super chat here. Uh, this one's from Mr. CJ Lilly. It says, Hey, you two. I want to know why people want Liv to replace Alexa as Sister Abigail when she's had no reason to join him. And also, I hear people saying they want more a more real Bray, but that's what you said about Alexa who needs an edge. Um,
1: I don't think Alexa needs an edge. I think she's got enough personality to definitely carry her to the point where it here, like live Morgan with somebody that definitely needed an edge. Alexa bliss to me feels a little bit more natural. Like when she's just doing like, you know, her little miss bliss stuff and you know, she comes through with a lot of sass. I don't really think she needs like the edge. Um, Bray Wyatt. I think for the, it, I think the the criticism of that was more so you wanted him to be a little bit more realistic, right? A little bit more grounded versus, I think, you know, all of this other nonsense stuff that we saw, like the last period of his WWE run with Randy Orton and all of that.
0: Right. Now, I... I okay, so I, I think with when it comes to Alexis, so I want to re- make sure I have um, all of the points addressed here. I think... When it comes to saying uh, wanting a more real Bray, uh, I, what I mean by that when I say it is that um, I don't ever want to see anybody like burned alive again and uh, come back to and, life and it mean, and, not, and it come mean back nothing to and not have a funeral like the next day on Raw. <laughs> like that's that can't happen again. <laughs> uh, and that that's what I mean when I say I, I want to see. Obviously, we're still going uh spooky with bray and that's okay i just want to see it be a little more psychological and and i think they can do that and i want to see it be kind of still grounded in the realm of look this cannot happen in any way shape or form in real life like i don't want to see any of that kind of stuff but i think you can keep bray grounded and still keep him as a as a horror-based character that's still okay as far as alexa needing an edge That's just more so. She just needs something to do. Um, Turning her back to the dark side is not the way to get there. She just needs motivation, a reason to be doing things in the ring. That's why I gave my number one what I gave it, because I felt like it took something that didn't feel like it had motivation and gave it motivation. Alexa just needs that. She just needs, we need to see a reason for her doing what she does in the ring. That's what enhances pro wrestling. When we see people have motivations, have drive, that's what gets people behind them. And I think that's all she's needed. She hasn't had a reason for people to get behind her. And uh, whether that's some kind of blood feud, whether that's some kind of uh, quest for a championship, anything along those lines, she just needs motivation, really. Um, I don't think Bray is ever going to be it uh, for her because that that just felt like almost a distraction more so than giving us a reason for Alexa.
1: And here's the thing. There's a couple of people that obviously want her to be sister Abigail and continue doing the stuff with Bray. I personally just want her to redo something different. Just her on her own. I don't really care for, I mean, I wouldn't mind if she, you know, started doing stuff with Bray, but I just don't really want that. I kind of want just Alexa bliss to be Alexa bliss. That's my favorite version of Alexa bliss. Just her being herself being cool, coming out there with all of her cosplay costumes that she does. And just really showing that portion of her to me is my favorite version of her. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I, I agree. Um, so, yeah, that's that's it. That's after the week, by the way, folks. Uh, and thank you for joining us. Uh, leave us your feedback. Let us know what you thought of our picks, whether you agree, whether you disagree. We want to know what you like, what you don't like about this show, even if it's me. Um, and even if it's Denise, let her know on her own channel. Be like, Denise, I hate you. Um, I but... don't
1: care if they hate me or not. I'm making money. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to have this new mentality. Whenever people hate you online, you just got to realize, like, So the fuck what, you know, keep moving forward. This is your life. You do what you want to do.
0: I don't care about any of that. Uh, But I do want (laughs) everybody to still give us your feedback. Let us know, especially when it's constructive. Either way, uh, because we enjoy doing the show. We love doing the show. No matter what location we're doing this from, I can't wait to figure out how we're going to do this from uh, New Jersey in a month. But uh, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Either way, folks, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of After the Week. I am Will Washington. Denise, uh, I guess this is where you would say, Will, just plug subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just
1: subscribe to the channel, guys. This channel is growing. Please just click that subscribe button. Will and I are here every Sunday. Sometimes we adjust the times, but don't worry. You can either watch on replay or if not, I'll make sure to, we'll make sure to tweet out when we're going live for the show. So I hope you guys enjoy it, but please subscribe keep this channel growing so that we can continue to have more stuff like this. And then Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo, but you guys already know.
0: (laughs) Yep. And you can follow me. I'm at William RBR on most uh, platforms that I have access to. You can uh, follow me. I am on youtube.com slash fightful most of the week. You can find me on Day After Dynamite every Thursday. And then I also host Grapsity with Righteous Reg and Phil Lindsay every Saturday as well. And then also I'm doing Ask Grapsity over on Fightful Select. You can just subscribe over there. You know Fightful Select. Sean Rossap um, will always solicit you for $5. Uh, but other than that, folks, That's it for this edition of After the Week. I'm a Washington Chief, Denise Salcedo. We'll see you next time. Have a great week. Peace.